How stupid can you be? Okay, don't answer that. But come on. There are some things that you shouldn't have to be warned about. Ingesting rat poison might be hazardous to your health. That medication is intended for... Uh, oral use only. Climbing this high-voltage power line tower is dangerous. This marble floor may, in fact, become slippery when wet. Oh, and guess what, y'all? Hot coffee is hot. Wait, it, it was how hot? It did what? To her what? I'm your host, Harper Hunt, and this is Cursed Knowledge. summer of 1994. Personally, I won't be born yet for another two years, but I've been told it was a good time. O.J. Simpson was just about to begin his lifelong quest to find the person or organization responsible for the deaths of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman. Disney grossed more than $300 million on a film about the revolution of a lower class against a dictatorial, hereditary monarchy a revolution that was tragically foiled by the king's son and a farting warthog. A band called Weezer stepped out of an Arizona jean company ad and into the spotlight after recording a song about a dead pop star from the 1950s. And a woman named Stella Liebeck sued McDonald's for $30 million after scalding her leg a bit with some hot coffee she carelessly spilled while tooling around town. The whole thing, suing someone because they served you hot coffee, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. And it was ridiculed. It was ridiculed by the usual crotchety suspects, like Andy Rooney, who offered that he might give up his gig that paid him to complain about trivial things so that he could sue companies for trivial things instead. It was ridiculed by late-night hosts who were comfortable with the occasional mean-spirited jab like Jay Leno. It was ridiculed by Seinfeld, who created an entire two-story plot arc about it. Kramer burns himself with hot coffee, sues Java World, and, because of how quickly a miracle balm healed his burn, quickly accepts unlimited free coffee as compensation before monetary terms are offered out of fear that they will ask to see his trivial post-balm burns. His Johnny Cochran lookalike, the inimitable Jackie Childs, is incensed. Classic. Even the best and most criminally underrated of our late-night hosts, Craig Ferguson, leaned into the absurdity. If you're thinking you've heard Ferguson's name again recently, you're right. Back in 2007, he was a voice in the wilderness, speaking about how the media criticism of a clearly struggling Britney Spears was becoming a way of attacking the vulnerable, not exposing the powerful. He refused to do it anymore. A few years earlier, however, the McDonald's coffee lady was fair game. In the common knowledge of our time, the whole affair was just that ridiculous. But what really took the event from a blurb in the local news and a few late-night jokes to a full-blown narrative was its co-option as the rallying cry for the tort reform movement. And let's be clear, Americans absolutely sue over some really stupid stuff. Personal injury lawyers, shady insurance companies, and the highway billboard industry that they prop up 
don't want this gravy train to go anywhere. I'm not saying tort reform wasn't or isn't needed. I'm just saying that the McDonald's coffee lady was forced into a role that served a larger narrative. And here's a hot cup of cursed knowledge about that narrative. Everything we all know that we all know about the McDonald's coffee lady is ba-da-ba-ba bullshit. Remember when I said $30 million earlier? That's about what I remember. But I'm a younger millennial, practically Gen Z, so I'm getting this secondhand. My elder millennial colleague says he thought it was $60 million. I'm guessing that unless you've watched one of the documentaries or read one of the retrospectives recently, it probably didn't clash with your memories when I said that either. But that number is off by not one, not two, but three orders of magnitude. Stella Liebeck only saw $20,000 from McDonald's, enough to cover the $10,500 in documented medical bills, $2,500 in expected medical bills, and the rest was lost wages for her daughter, who was forced to act as a caretaker. Miss Liebeck was, after all, 79 years old. McDonald's rejected the settlement proposal out of hand, as it did with many of the other 700-plus similar claims that had resulted from their then-active policy to serve coffee at a higher-than-safely-consumable temperature. Remember when I said that she scalded her leg a bit? Yeah, not so much. The coffee was served at a nearly boiling 180 to 190 degrees, a temperature at which third-degree burns can form in less than five seconds. And they did. If you've got a weak stomach, hit that fast-forward 15-seconds button for me real quick. I'll wait. All right, well, the rest of you are gross, but good for you for seeking out the truly cursed knowledge. Here it goes. This nearly octogenarian received third and second degree burns across her inner thighs, anus, perineum, and vulva. Her labia were fused to her inner thigh, and she had to spend more than a week in recovery from the application of skin grafts, during which time her body weight dropped dangerously to only 83 pounds. Absolutely, do not go to Google Images in search of anything relating to these injuries. Trust me, sometimes knowledge can be too cursed. And remember when I said she was tooling around town? Nope, just sitting in a parking lot. She responsibly asked the driver to pull over so she could add cream and sugar, and then it spilled. A really unfortunate accident. And hey, if your reaction is to say, just because McDonald's is a big, faceless organization, doesn't mean they have to bear the responsibility for an accident that they didn't cause by serving a product the way most people expect it. I hear you. A couple of people in our office would have decided the case one way. A couple of people would have gone the other. The legal parties presented a lot of evidence about past practices, other complaints, coffee temperatures at other establishments, warning labels, and the like. If you want to learn about them, there's a great documentary on Netflix. But that's not why we're here. After all, there's nothing cursed about a pedantic debate on the specific temperature at which coffee is unreasonably hot or dangerous relative to a reasonable person's expectations. Or maybe there is something cursed about it, just not our kind of cursed. But hey, I've never even tried coffee before, so what do I know? Our kind of cursed is the knowledge that it only took a few words to brand the narrative of these events into the collective psyche of a nation for, well, forever. Those words? Isn't coffee supposed to be hot? With those words, a nuanced conversation about 
How hot is it unreasonable to serve coffee? And what liability should a company have for delivering a product that might have been more dangerous than necessary for consumption was reframed into, get a load of this ridiculous woman complaining that McDonald's served her hot coffee hot. Successfully framing something as ridiculous and not worthy of our attention is one of the most effective tools for narrative creation. Like all narratives and other pattern recognition devices, this convenient auto-tuning permits us to shut off our brains when we hear additional details. When we've decided something is ridiculous, and someone mentions that the ridiculous person was seeking tens of millions, well, that just figures, doesn't it? And when someone suggests that we've all been burned by hot coffee, and the ridiculous person almost certainly just got a couple of superficial scalds, well, that just figures, doesn't it? And when we hear the suggestion that the ridiculous person was driving around recklessly and spilled it on herself and is still suing, well, that just figures, doesn't it? None of that means that McDonald's is or isn't responsible for her injuries. But the media, the tort reform movement, and the rest of us who embraced the framing of the McDonald's coffee lady that was served up to us are responsible for shutting off our brains. And... Well, for making the last 10 years of an elderly woman who went through some serious pain, whether she bore 20% of the responsibility like the jury decided, or 100%, a lot worse. I hope you learned something new. And remember, the real curse is sharing this information with your friends, family, and unsuspecting coworkers. If you enjoyed this production, like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, Tell us some of your most cursed knowledge by joining us on the forums at epsilontheory.com. By the way, the most expensive coffee in the world comes from beans that have been eaten and then defecated by the Asian palm sand.